Hello and welcome to the first episode of Taboo Talk. My name is, my name is Katie O'Neill. I'm sorry, I don't know why I sound so puffed. I can hear... <laughs> I think it's probably because this is like literally I don't I've lost count with how many times I have started to record an intro and like first of all like I just none of them there's no like easy way to just like begin one of these it's it's all weird it's all cringy and that's fine I don't mind that but like I've also done like recorded nearly two full episodes and then listened to my like the recording back and been like what the fuck there's like all these extra noises and stuff no one told me doing a podcast would be so hard do you know what I bought so much equipment like I I didn't even realize it was hardcore equipment I thought it was just like normal everyday stuff (laughs) and then when I went to set up I was like holy shit this is fucking intense turns out I'm not tech savvy at all and I really don't care to be either like it doesn't interest me but it's kind of like (laughs) like I kind of needed to know a little bit about what I was doing before trying to go as extreme as I was anyway it turns out literally I have no equipment now like I just have my laptop that I'm speaking into that's all um (laughs) so after all that here we are thanks for I should I want to say like thank you for sticking by me but like really I need to be thanking myself for just like not losing my shit I did lose my shit I that's why I'm puffed I I really lost my shit the shit has been lost (laughs) which is probably the foundations for a really interesting podcast so it was all meant to be right (laughs) anyway um My name is Katie O'Neill. I am the creator of The Confidence Call and I am the host of the Taboo Talk podcast. Um, So thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone that's been so supportive um, through this journey. Like since I first created The Confidence Call back in January 2020, so January last year, um, where it was just like a little self-help, um, like wear your SPF and be body positive. Um, I kind of like the idea behind creating the confidence call was like, I wanted to help empower women to feel good about their bodies. And essentially that is still like one of the main goals for this thing. It's like broader now, but like back then it was like, I wanted to help specifically women who had been through an eating disorder and who who were still kind of stuck in the recovery phase because that was a lot of what was like emotionally like and energetically just draining of my life back then so when I was like 16 I developed an eating disorder you know and then like I had anorexia and then for for a little bit and then mostly I was dealing with bulimia like that was like that was yeah kind of the main source to my anxiety and like like depressive states as well um yeah like anyone that has ever struggled with an eating disorder or any sort of addiction will know how like mentally consuming they are and how it's just it's fucking exhausting so 10 years on from developing an eating disorder like I wasn't I was still experiencing distorted eating like 
January 2020, although I started the confidence call and I, I really wanted to be a like a source of like you can get through these things and blah blah blah. But I was I myself was fasting for 22 hours a day. 22 hours every single day I was not eating. And in those that two hour gap, I would eat everything. And I couldn't I couldn't comprehend that like that was just a glorified eating disorder. I, th- I think deep down I did know and that's why I kind of like the confidence call went in a bit of a limbo phase with the body positivity because I was like, okay, like I'm not a, I'm not practicing what I preach, but also like the focus on being body positive and on loving like myself and the curves and everything, focusing so much of that didn't help me feel good at all because I was still just obsessed with my body and it's I feel like in order to get through in my experiences to get through like distorted eating to get through body dysmorphia to get through bulimia anorexia and everything like that just mentally weighs you down you just need to find distraction to find purpose in other areas of your life like for me focusing on my body even though I was like quote-unquote body positive it didn't serve me at all like it didn't help so anyway there's like a bridge between being this SPF like (laughs) stay hydrated like I don't know just like your generalized self-care like um Instagram page to a place where like now I'm like hosting events and I'm talking about sex work and like talking about sex stigma and challenging narratives and things like that. So basically it all began when I first started really putting myself out, like just being vulnerable. I, okay. So I feel like in order to get anywhere that you want in life to pursue anything like big and outrageous, you kind of have to be a cringy bitch. (laughs) At least in my experiences, like the more cringier my experience, the more of a reward and the more vulnerable I've been, the better the outcome. And I really, really, really mean like the more vulnerable because like when I look back on the blogs that I started doing, like they're cute. Like I'm like, oh, so cringe. <laughs> like, no, please don't make me read that. I really can't like put it away. Um, <laughs> and like it was, it was really like it was a nerve wracking thing. And I knew as well, like when the first one that I put out, like, of course it sucked. Like, <laughs> like, of course it does. Most every time you start something new, like you're never going to be at the ideal version of it but that's why we start new things like you can't expect to be great and you can't expect change without doing things that make you feel uncomfortable and that is like kind of one of the core messages through the confidence call is like just do shit that like makes you nervous that makes you like that challenges you that that terrifies you because that (laughs) and this is cliche but this is like really true that is where the magic happens like I wouldn't be a I wouldn't be living this amazing wonderful life here in New Zealand if I didn't believe that if I didn't become that and like I wouldn't be at a point where like I'm starting a podcast and like don't get me wrong I 100% know that you know if I ever have the balls 
<laughs> like six months on to, into this podcasting career, if I have the balls to go back and listen to my first podcast and listen to it straight out, I, I'm going to be cringing so hard. Like I'm going to be like, oh God, like I can remember how awkward I felt saying that, blah, 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 blah. But hey, at least I'm six months into that podcasting career. This is just assuming that I'm going to do it again. You know, I might be a one hit wonder with this. <laughs> One year wonder. <laughs> right. Okay. So just like a bit of a shout out to everyone who has been a part of the journey with the confidence call. Um, if you've been following my Instagram page for a while, you would know that the confidence call is like, okay, I don't have children. I don't have a dog. Well, I have a dog back home in Australia, but like I can't see him. And he is we call him needy Ned and because he's so needy and I love him so much, but I'm like, I haven't, I've been home once for like four days in the past two, like over two years. Like I, <laughs> I don't have a dog. <laughs> I do, but like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> My point is I don't have, I don't have a child or anything that I need to look after. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> But I like he's pretty independent. He's not my child. <laughs> but but the point is the confidence call is like my dog. Or it's like my child. It's like a thing. I love it unconditionally. It means the world to me. I put so much time and energy into it and like I'm not getting paid for it. Oh no, that's not true. I when I host events I get paid for it and I will be getting paid for it at some point. I know I will. Like Actually, no, this is, I have, <laughs> fuck guys, I'm so sorry. Anyway, my point is I do it with or without the money because I love it because it's like my life purpose. It is, it brings me so much joy. We talk about sex. I like open up space for people to really like just kind of explore their own sexuality and just like be cool with like sex is sex and it's fucking awesome. And we literally wouldn't be here without it. So like, why is there so much stigma and shame with anything that's associated with it, especially sexually empowered women? Like society is terrified of like a woman who knows her power, of a woman who is just like, okay with just being her own sexual self. Like it's fine to love sex. Like why wouldn't you? It's an amazing it's an amazing thing like it's and it's so beautiful as well like there's just okay I have so much to say on the subject and like I'll definitely do an episode where we do like a breakdown of the history of why exactly there is so much um like stigma and shame when it comes when it comes to sex but mostly I will say that religion has a pretty pretty big part of it um but that's fine because it's 2021 and now we we have the power to just like do whatever we want with the knowledge that we're exposed to so keep learning stay curious and keep listening to this podcast okay so I went on a bit of a tangent there but basically um being vulnerable by putting my blogs out there and like, yeah, cringy as shit. But I got better with the blog writing too, by the way, like just like everyone was like, boom, boom, better and better. Um, and then I decided to do one on masturbating 
And this was like the a big pivotal moment in the confidence call because the the blog itself did so well and it got so much feedback and I realized or as I was writing it and putting it together, this is actually something that I'm really passionate about. Like I'm passionate about masturbating because it's great, but like I'm passionate about talking about it and I want people to feel, I want women in particular, but I want the world to feel comfortable with sex talk because we should be, because if we can talk about sex if we can talk about our experiences, we can learn to understand what we've never really been able to understand through textbooks. Like we open the doors to just like absolute bliss and freedom when it comes to sex and not just sex, but life in general, like just expression, art, creativity, like just connection. Oh my God. Like sex isn't just like penetration and orgasms and things like that. Like sex is, it's, oh, like it is all encompassing. It's everything really, isn't it? Like it is life. Like it really is. It's like, it's creation. Like it's the beginning of where it all began, really. Like the universe started with an orgasm. (laughs) obviously. (laughs) So anyway, since I did the masturbation blog that like, it was awesome. I decided that I wanted to like get into like educating and like coaching and like helping people through their own sexual experiences. And so I began studying sex, love and relationships with Layla Martin. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm like 50, like half in half out of that course. And that is because I am like a committophobe and I really struggle with doing things that I have to do as I touched on at the beginning or did I was that was that this podcast or another one (laughs) basically I don't do well with deadlines or if I have to do something it removes all the fun from it like if I have a deadline. I, it just like, it's the thief of creativity. And like, I'm a really creative person. I'm a really intuitive person. Like I'm really like, I'll do things as I please, but having a schedule just doesn't work for me. Like, okay. For example, I work at the club. I work two nights a week and I reckon like it takes all of my willpower every single week to not change my shifts around after I've committed. Like that's, two days, two nights of the week that I have to work and I struggle every single time. And I I say it takes all of my willpower to not change those shifts. (laughs) But basically every week I'm in the group chat asking if someone wants to swap or change around. Like I just, I'm, and I think as well, like having the, living the lifestyle that I do, it creates more space and flexibility that I kind of want to make the most of as well. Which brings me to the hot topic of today. Um, (laughs) Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, um, it might be because of the title, um, which is, if you don't know, Hey Mum, I'm a Sex Worker. Um, by the way, I know that was a very creative, um, genius idea by me. (laughs) 
Um, but basically, I want to talk about sex work and the sex industry because for the past four years since I moved to uh, New Zealand, or coming up four years, I have been a sex worker. Um, this is actually the reason why I left Australia. It wasn't something that I just fell into. It's something that I like aggressively pursued. Like I ditched everything that I had ever known to follow a dream of being a stripper. And Honestly, it was the best thing that I have ever, ever, ever done. So I'm really excited to share that story with you now. So basically, my stripping career began in high school. (laughs) Um, For anyone that knew me in high school, it probably comes as no surprise that this is the industry that I ended up in and that I'm absolutely thriving in too. So basically, um, school. I went to um, a public school in Australia, and I, from about year nine, so I think you're like fifteen or sixteen in year nine. I basically did absolutely fucking nothing. Like I don't think I ever. Like I was the worst kind of, not even the worst. Yes, I was. I was a distracting student and I was a student who did nothing. And (laughs) I didn't get, I literally never really saw myself as bright enough to have a good career or like to go to uni. I never really envisioned that for myself. And I, I don't know what I planned on doing, but I also knew that I was, I still had faith in myself. Like I still intuitively knew like I was going to be okay. And I, I think I always knew that I would build a career for myself, which is what I've done. Um, so go me for, at least I can commit to that. (laughs) I kind of didn't really have a choice. Like, what am I going to do? Like, (laughs) oh, anyway, in high school, like the beginning of high school, I had extreme social anxiety. Like I'm talking like I would just be vomiting like at like the supermarket if I'd see someone in a similar uniform because I was like, oh my God, they're going to see with my mom. Like how embarrassing. Like what the fuck? Anyway, like looking back, I'm like, that's fucking crazy. But at the time, like that was my reality. Like that was like the most terrifying like kind of experience. Like, like, like we forget how intense high school is like and how that is the only thing that we know at the time. Like it's fucking ugh. like I mean, sometimes I don't really love being an adult, but like I just would never, ever go back to high school or that period of my life ever. But anyway, after the age of about 16, I became really, really social. And then I became like the worst kind of student because I was like not interested in school and not interested in learning and just like wanted to talk. And then I got to an age where I was like, it was too late to come back. Like I'd already missed so much information that if I tried to pay attention in math class, I was, I was so lost. Like there was, there was no coming back from where I was. And so what I did was I actually developed some incredible people skills where like I made friends with all the teachers and I never actually failed anything. Um, and I managed to get myself through, which, you know, like in ter- it wasn't like I went to the strictest school ever, but like I still think that the fundamental skills that I learned of just like 
interacting and engaging with people, especially of an older, like, like, you know, these are my teachers, they're not my peers. And they were the ones that were like, I was friends with. So there were some incredible skills that I learned there. Um, But funny enough, at the end of year 12, and how ridiculous is this? Like, so we have like, like most schools, like a school vote thing at the end of the year where you got like most desirable woman, like girl, and then like, I don't know, best like moment. I don't know, things like that. (laughs) I got voted and keep in mind, like, this is how ridiculous my school was that they actually had the students counting up the votes so I was in the class that was counting up the votes and I saw every and I still remember most of the names of who voted for me to for the award of least likely to succeed like what kind of fucking school like I'm not mad at anyone that voted for me because like you know it's a high school like whatever and <laughs> like to be fair it kind of makes sense that I got that award because I did fuck all like I had like yeah I it makes sense but it's also fucked so I got that award and I'm not gonna lie like although I kind of brushed it off because I was like oh whatever I that affected me a lot um and it kind of made me feel really shit <laughs> unsurprisingly I started questioning everything and I thought oh my god I'm gonna end up as a stripper (laughs) and um my my psychic abilities (laughs) um but it was in a sense that award and counting those votes and and that whole experience was one of the best things to ever happen to me because it it only solidified like, okay, like I am going to make it like a hundred percent. I am going to fucking absolutely smash it. And on that 10 year reunion, I'm going to come back and be like, fuck yes. (laughs) Now we're on year nine. So my high school reunion, I think would be next year. Yeah. 2022. And like, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. And this is another thing. Oh my God. This is so important. I, Like money is great and everything, but I feel like true success needs to be measured on a scale of happiness. Like how content are you with your life? Like how do you wake up in the morning? Like how do you feel like that for me personally is my true measure of success. And I feel like I am so blessed, but so successful in that aspect. Like I have not only like amazing friends and family and the whole foundation back home in Australia, but like over here in New Zealand, like I am like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I have my dream apartment. I have friends that I would absolutely die for. I've got like, I'm like so head over heels in love with my boyfriend who moved in like last week and you know, that's going pretty well. like so far so good (laughs) no casualties yet but I will keep you posted (laughs) and on top of that I have a job that I absolutely adore and love I work two days a week I study and you should see the view from my apartment it's fucking wild but anyway um the point is I was talking about high school and oh yeah I was like yeah I got that award and that sucked and then I basically I fell into this relationship 
well, I didn't fall into it. Like, I mean, I like I actively committed and joined a relationship with another with a man. And um, we were together for like four years. And it was like, I, like, you know, there was a lot of lessons from it. But I would use a sense like to describe that relationship for me it was very traditional. And if you know me like at all, you would know that I am not any sort of like mediocre, like mundane sort of conventional person. Like, for example, like Ollie's just moved in, but we have our own bedrooms. And that is the the, the only way that I could live with a partner now is like if we have our own bedrooms. Like, Anyway, so yeah, non-conventional is my kind of thing. So when we got to a point in our relationship where he wanted to like invest in buildings and like he was an investor and now that I'm older like I get the idea behind that a lot more but I also I'm I'm like okay like I'm not an idiot like I'm not afraid of the fact that I'm a mortal human being and at any point I'm gonna go you know like and I'm I'm so okay with that like I've got my funeral list like ready to go like I've got I've designated the the music um DJ <laughs> my good friend shout out to Luke Clark <laughs> so he's got that job because like okay I might die at any point but no one is gonna fuck up the playlist <laughs> no one I tell ya I was in this relationship and I was working a nine till five hour which was more like 8 30 till six and then you know I don't know if if you know Melbourne you know that the Melbourne freeway is the most fucking ridiculous place ever and like a 20 minute what should be a 20 minute trip on the freeway would take me like two hours sometimes and like for me my my life currency is basically time and I was like I gave so much of that to a job which I didn't enjoy there was no windows in my office there was like it was like corporate hierarchy bullshit like and there was so much backstabbing and everyone hated like most other people so clicky and I was like you know what like this isn't bringing me joy and I don't think it ever will and I don't think the amount of people that tell me like like I had an awesome it was an awesome company that I work for and like you know I do love all my experiences that I had there but like it just didn't fulfill me like it didn't set my soul on fire so limited with time that we have on this earth like why would I why would I just settle for a conventional life like no thank you so anyway I decided to leave that relationship and also leave that entire life behind like I quit <laughs> like I basically like logged out of work as soon as I came back from Africa I was like you know what nah <laughs> see you later and I for the for like six months there just researched the shit out of stripping and I decided that that's what I wanted to do and I but I also knew like I couldn't do it in Australia at the risk of getting caught like I didn't want to do it in Melbourne this thing that I was unsure about and then have the stigma stigma attached when I did get caught because news like that would travel so quickly and I wasn't like I wasn't sure I, I was sure but I wasn't at the same time, you know, and I, I was, it was a calculated risk. So I quit my job. I sold my, my car to my, I sold my mom. <laughs> I wish. No, 
I sold my car to my mum and I booked um, a flight. I looked at the map of New Zealand. I literally shut my eyes and pointed to Queenstown and I was like, right, I've heard of that place before. That's where I'll go. Um, I looked at the addresses of the two strip clubs that were here, but I never actually emailed to let them know like, hey, like I'd like a job. Like (laughs) I just thought it might be better if I do it in person. So I had one night accommodation booked and like landed here and was like, right, awesome. Let's get to the strip club. I need to get a job because I bought lunch and that was fucking expensive. So that night I walked, (laughs) I walked into the club and like walked up to the bar and I said to my, my now friend, (laughs) I was like, Hey, I need a tequila shot. And I need a job. <laughs> and as it turns out, they actually had a, like, <laughs> their roster was full. They had a waiting list and they don't usually take on girls with no experience. <laughs> so I was kind of like, have okay, if you've seen the movie Burlesque with Christina Aguilera and she's like, you just got to give me a shot, please. Like, that was, that was me. Like, I was literally begging because I was like, I know that I'm meant to do this. Like, I have done so much research. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. You just have to give me a chance. It was so cute. <laughs> I was adorable. And they did. They gave, me a sh- they gave me a chance. And I am so, so grateful for that because I've made so many amazing friends. I have had such incredible experiences. And it's just... it's been everything that I've ever wanted and more like I can't even explain the rewards that I've had from from doing something that I so deeply always wanted to do the amount of joy that I have not every time but like going on stage and just be because I'm an entertainer like that's what I am like I'm a showgirl like I'm an entertainer and I fucking love it I love being on stage and it's like Let's just also just take a moment to appreciate creative expression through dance. Like I, and this is, okay, this is also really funny. So I am back home, like my girlfriends give me so much shit for how shit I dance. Like again, conventional club dancing, not for me. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. My knees wobble. That's about it. (laughs) I move my arms really quickly and my limbs kind of like, I don't know, like I have hyperextensive limbs. So (laughs) you get the idea. I've painted the picture, but the ironic thing is I move across to New Zealand and now I literally get paid an incredible amount of money and my profession is a dancer. <laughs> so literally chase your dreams. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Like if you, if you believe you can do it, I believe that you can absolutely, you can fucking do it. A hundred percent. And I just like to say that there is no shame in dreaming of being a sex worker. If that's what you want to do, then fucking don't let the societal shame ever make you feel shit about it like the industry itself is such a beautiful thing and I'm so proud to work in New Zealand where sex work is all legalized so every sex worker here is protected by like like workplace protection like I can get ACC if I'm like injured or hurt but also like just protected by the government um I will state that this actually 
doesn't mean that you're protected by people's projections and stereotypes and fucking you're not protected by the shit that you hear in the industry that we work at and that's exactly why I'm signing this podcast because I want to normalize it I want to destigmatize everything that comes with sex because honestly the stigma the taboo is the reason why there's so many issues in society around these things it's why it's why women feel like they're broken when there's actually nothing wrong with them it's just we're not men you know there's so much to uncover there's so much to talk about and I'm really 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 excited to just like really break down all of these things in in the coming episodes so thank you so much if you stuck to the end of the first episode oh my god thank you so much um and I really do look forward to like just just seeing where this journey with taboo talk podcast goes and Seeing the unraveling of the confidence call, that's been the best achievement of my life is <laughs> just like the evolution of that. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey. Thanks for listening. I will be back, I'm sure, um, if I haven't been traumatized. If, if this is the one that you're listening to, then I will probably be back. But if you're not listening to this one and I'm probably never gonna be there in the first place on that note um thanks so much see you later guys have a fabulous day